In this episode of the Smart Community Podcast, I had a really great chat with Matthew Butenbart, the Vice President of Continuous Improvement at RATP Dev North America. We discuss Matthew's background in IT, his interest in helping organizations build efficiencies in their processes, and how that has led him to the public transit industry. Matthew tells us what RATP Dev does, some of the projects he's been working on in Europe and Asia and what we can learn from these projects, including the electrification of bus fleets in France. We talk about why smart cities, and in particular, smart mobility is so important, as well as how Matthew sees the US embracing smart concepts. We cover the cost effectiveness of on-demand transit services compared with traditional services, and some of the ways to better integrate across the different industries. Matthew also tells us about a project involving social media and news listening platforms being used to collect real-time customer service and operational data for transit companies, as well as what RATP Dev USA has planned for the future. We finish our chat discussing the emerging trends of consolidating trip planning and payment system applications between private and public transit options. As always, I hope you enjoy listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed making it. Welcome to the smart community, smart regions, smart towns, and smart cities. It's where we live, work, and play with smart communities. The future starts today. Big data, smart mobility, emerging trends galore. The Smart Community Podcast is what you're looking for. Just before we get into the episode, I wanted to let you know that you can now support the Smart Community Podcast via Patreon. That's patreon.com slash smartcompod with two M's. If you become a patron, you'll get a special episode each month exclusive to supporters. Thank you so much for your support so far. It is my dream for the podcast to be self-sustaining so it can continue to be produced for my smart community no matter what the circumstances. Enough from me, on with the episode. Hello, Matt. How are you? Good. How are you doing today, Zoe? I am doing very well. I'm glad we finally got the technology working for us. Absolutely. Okay, let's jump straight in. And can you tell us about your background and what you are passionate about? Yeah, sure. Um, so I work for a company called RATP Dev. I was recently uh, attracted to uh, the public transit industry after really spending much of my career working in the information technology space. So my background's a a mix of running large traditional B2B service delivery companies in the US. And I've I've also been involved for years in uh, leading product and innovation teams evaluating kind of various SaaS-based technologies and building partner ecosystems for companies within North America and Western Europe. And in that world, for me, it was really about finding software that helped organizations to build efficiencies in their business processes. And then about a year ago, I was attracted to this opportunity uh, with RATP Dev here in the US. And they said, you know, there's this great opportunity in an industry that's really on the verge of major change with new technology deploying that'll have a really large impact on the way our cities move. And so I've always been a person that's been intrigued by industries that are in the midst of change and disruption. And uh, that's when I really got hooked on the idea of being part of sort of this transformation 
that's being beginning to take shape related to mobility in our cities. And so s- smart cities for me is, you know, focus on, you know, kind of concepts that improve the way we live in our cities. But even more specifically, in the line of business that I'm in, it's, it's really all about mobility. So smarter mobility using technology to, to give riders more options and how they move within their city and improving that experience. Yeah, excellent. Now, since the audience is, you know, a bit of a global one, can you explain what RATP Dev does and what, according to you, what, what does that mean for the rest of the audience? Yeah, sure. So RATP Dev is a operations company. We operate transit systems across the world. Uh, we're a Parisian company, so we're, our primary headquarters uh, are out of Paris. Um, we run uh, subway systems. We run uh, fixed bus operations. We run on-demand services. Uh, we run kind of heavy rail train services uh, around the world. Excellent. So we probably come across it without even knowing it. Exactly. If you've uh, been in any major city, you've probably come across us. Excellent. So tell us what sparked your interest in this smart city space. You touched on this already, but um, if you can delve a bit deeper in what really sparked your interest. Yeah, you know, I think anytime, um, you know, I think about an industry that is kind of primed for change and, uh, you know, positioned to be able to use technology and a way to really force positive change, it's exciting to me. So whether you're talking about the future of, you know, autonomous vehicles or technology related to on-demand services, smart cities for me is really all about challenging the status quo and mobility options. So, you know, kind of gone are the days where it makes sense to just simply run a 40-foot bus, you know, anywhere and everywhere in the city. And also gone are the days where there are very distinct silos that exist between bus operations and taxi companies and private shuttle companies. And so now it's, it's really becoming very much about the first and last mile, how all, all of those modes of transportation, both public and private, can work together for the best rider experience. And to me, that's a big piece of smart cities. And uh, being part of that is exciting. Yeah, I agree. I'm also very interested in the mobility space because I feel like my background's in transport, so I guess I'm a little bit biased, but transport definitely is a foundation or a backbone of any place. And even if we don't have to travel to work in the future, we still want to be mobile, right? We want to get around. And I feel like mobility doesn't just talk about physical now. It's like being able to connect and being mobile wherever you are. So if you want to kind of travel for leisure, it should be easy. If you need to travel for work either digitally or physically, then that should be easy as well. That's how I see it anyway. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think when you apply the smart city concept and layer that kind of on top of transit, I feel like the smart city concept is really an invitation to think differently about the cities we live and work in. And that, that's really important because that invitation will turn into more of a, a challenge and competition as time goes on to really uh, force cities to think innovatively and, and uh, enhance positive change within all of our cities, which just causes competition, which is great. So what is a smart city to you? 
So I think a smart city is one that is really focused on doing things better each and every day when with uh, in terms of developing a uh, strong continuous improvement culture for both uh, residents as well as companies that reside within a city. So, you know, I think smart cities is for me is really based all upon continuous improvement and really taking a look at not only what our needs are today, but projecting out what what the needs are going to be of residents and companies well into the future. And why do you think that this concept is so important? I think the concept itself drives competition within cities to do things differently, to really challenge the status quo. And if we're not doing that in our cities, then, you know, I think uh, we kind of become complacent uh, in many ways. And we want to be a culture built on evolution, not complacency. How do you think the U.S. is embracing the smart city concept? So I think things are starting to move faster now in terms of adoption of smart city concept. There's really some clear momentum uh, that's starting to build. So, you know, in fact, what you see in many cities today is they're beginning to bring resources to the table that are really acting as thought leadership in this area, specifically around smart cities. And the backgrounds are really uh, very different than you often would see within uh, transit authorities or city agencies in the past as the resources backgrounds are becoming much more focused on technology and innovation. And so I think, you know, in, in order for us to see change, we'll need to see more of those types of resources be put in positions where they can make decisions about the future of, of our cities and of our transit agencies. And so I see just some of the foundational uh, kind of building blocks really starting to take root in the U.S. today. Excellent. So can you tell us about some of the projects that you've been doing in Europe and Asia and how that kind of, that they've really shown that return on investment and how we can kind of look at that for other countries? Yeah, sure. Um, I think there's probably a couple of things going on in Europe that are relevant. Uh, one would be the electrification of our, our bus fleet. So in Paris today, we, we have a very aggressive project to electrify our entire bus fleet within Paris uh, by 2025 for the Olympics. And this is a really complex project in order to, you know, ultimately shrink our, our greenhouse emissions and be a company that is really focused and dedicated to, uh, you know, cleaner ecosystem. And so, you know, there's been a tremendous amount of work that goes into not only moving to an electric bus itself, but also all of the planning associated with electrical grids, infrastructure, you know, all the way down to space planning that has been uh, really beneficial in terms of us being able to now, you know, take those concepts and bring them to the U.S. and visit with uh, our customers here stateside that are interested in doing the same thing, but maybe not quite as far along that path. You know, another area uh, that we've, we've uh, seen a lot of successes around autonomous uh, shuttle testing in Europe. We've been kind of uh, one of the premier operating companies to really test with a lot of the shuttle uh, manufacturers as this is an emerging technology. And so a lot of our learnings um, that we learn along the way are uh, learnings that we carry to our customers around the world, you know, as a result of those tests. 
Excellent. You mentioned the shuttles are kind of an emerging trend. Are you seeing anything else in the industry? I mean, I'm sure there's lots of things, but some key emerging trends in the industry that you've come across, particularly in Europe and Asia? Yeah, you know, I think um, around the entire world, one, one of the concepts that's really taking root is on-demand services, or you may hear uh, some people call them microtransit services. But really, you know, it's really about the idea of delivering more transportation options to the widest geographical coverage area at the most cost-effective price. So not just thinking about uh, a fixed bus route, but really thinking about also that first and last mile and deploying on-demand services that are a little bit more kind of Uber-esque or uh, Lyft-like in order to help our customers meet that first and last mile demand. So we've been partnering um, with various technology partners out there that have developed platforms that do great analysis of different geographies, kind of their traffic patterns, taking population densities into account, and really coming up with great suggestions on where we can run uh, a little bit more on-demand service versus the typical bus or train service that is much more of a heavy lift. So where you don't see necessarily the ridership that you'd like to see, um, or maybe different geographies where uh, you don't have the frequency or headway that a community would want to see, maybe you can fill those, uh, those gaps with on-demand services that are more cost-effective. So we, we see that in a lot of areas. And just about every time we go out and talk to either a prospective customer or an existing customer, which are transit agencies, th- this is a topic that's coming up. Yeah, it's a topic that's trialing on-demand transit is popular in Australia as well. We're at the early stages, but looking at, is it going to be more cost effective? What's your experience in the cost effectiveness compared to traditional services? So I think uh, in the U.S. it's a good fit because, you know, there's a lot of public funding for public transportation. So our focus many times is how can you run a more cost-effective service by using those same public-funded dollars that are earmarked for transit. So in the U.S. it's a good fit, but I think it really at the end of the day comes down to, you know, how, how is the transportation system in a particular country or geography being funded? If it's through private dollars, then I think it's probably a little bit more of a challenge at times to come up with uh, the right uh, return on investment. But where there's uh, public funding dollars and there's an efficiency play, um, it's a good fit. And you're absolutely right. It'll depend case by case and has to be assessed accordingly. Absolutely. Yeah, it's definitely not a one size fits all, that's for sure. Okay, cool. Well, can you tell us about some of the other projects and things that you're working on? Yeah, sure. Um, So one of the other things that I'm working on right now is the idea uh, around social media and kind of news listening platforms. So really in order to help our operations agencies get more focused on really in two areas, the the idea of monitoring their brands more closely um, and easily identifying trends on feedback from customers on social media. But the second area is really finding ways to use that real-time data feed, that information coming from passengers on our transit networks to advise, you know, operationally where there are issues that need immediate attention. So we're running a pilot right now um, with a social media listening platform and one of our transit agencies to really take a deeper dive into potential use cases and how using 
that real-time data feed can be impactful within an operation. Excellent. That sounds really interesting. Is that uh, the Orbit project or is that something else? No, that's uh, that's uh, something else. Orbit is really kind of a, I would explain it as kind of a, a platform to describe our technology and innovation framework. So it's a kind of our proactive approach to ensuring we partner and invest with the right startups, technologies, tools that advance our services um, that we're able to deliver to our customers. So Orbit is, is less of a platform in itself and more of a business development tool that helps us frame up how different technologies can be deployed that help our agencies deliver services kind of before, during, and after the, the transit trip. Okay, cool. Well, I think that leads into the next question, uh, which is how do we better integrate across, you know, the different areas? So disciplines, government, industries, technology companies, how do we do that integration piece better? So I feel like um, we could be more successful when public and private sector begins to working faster and smarter together. And this is, especially in the US, this is probably more so through a US lens. Um, So let me explain that a little bit. So private sector you know, typically is making faster decisions, many times are able to kind of execute plans faster than the public sector that gets slowed down around procurement processes and needing to align larger number of stakeholder groups on changes that affect uh, various people within the transit agency. Today, the private sector is really driving all, all of or much of the technology options and advances in the transit industry. And They want to get moving. They're ready to get moving today. We need to find ways to kind of break down some of the legacy public processes that are in place to be more relevant to our current day needs. So, you know, one way we could think about doing this is for possibly for government to offer additional subsidy dollars to agencies that are really deploying new technology quickly that have an overall cost savings you know, in the operation that they can point to specifically. I think doing things like that could really help to spur a more innovative approach to getting things moving more quickly. But, you know, it's it's just like anything. This is some of these uh, technology approaches are very new concepts within the transit industry within the U.S. So it's just going to take a little bit more time to take root, I think. What does RATP Dev USA in particular, have planned for the future? So we'll uh, continue to focus on exploring uh, new technologies that position our customers as agencies that are very sensitive to improving the rider experience and the number of options our our communities have to to move about uh, our riders about the cities. Uh, We'll also be very focused on how we can continue to improve upon our traditional service offerings by developing kind of consistent sets of key performance indicators and using that data to really affect how we review and plan improvements within each of our operations. Um, So those will continue to be kind of the key focuses as we move forward and the, the industry evolves. What are the emerging trends that you see that people aren't talking about enough? I think the conversation is beginning and I, on, One thing that comes to mind, which is kind of the consolidation of trip planning and payment system applications for both public and and, uh, private transit options, that's a big one. So people are starting to talk about this, but this is 
one that'll really impact customers from the standpoint of having kind of a one-stop shop app on their phone that no matter where they are in the country, they can use it to kind of complete their entire trip, including the payment piece of things. And so right now, what you see in this space is, you know, transit agencies sometimes developing their own. Um, Sometimes they're adopting platforms that can only do maybe the trip planning, but not the payment piece. I think there's um, really, it'll be interesting in the coming years to see how that piece of the market consolidates and uh, the approach that gets built there in terms of uh, moving to maybe one or two consistent platforms that can help riders do do that. Uh, we're not there yet, but it's uh, definitely a conversation that needs to continue to evolve. Yeah, I agree. I'm really keen to see how that evolves because I feel like we don't know where that will lead to. And ultimately, we have a an integrated goal that you know we can use these platforms in a really kind of seamless way, but it will take a lot to get there to get all the players on board. So yeah, I'm also really keen to see those developments. Yeah, it's exciting times. I'm really looking forward to figuring out how all of this unfolds and I'm I'm happy to be a part of it and helping kind of lead uh, some of the thinking around it. Excellent. Well, it's been so great to speak with you today. Thanks so much for coming onto the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you for the invite. I really appreciate it. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Excellent. I just have one last question, which is how can people connect with you? Uh, Probably best way is to uh, connect with me on LinkedIn or they can email me. Uh, My email address is uh, matthew.buderbaugh at ratpdev.com. Excellent. I'll put all the links in the show notes so people can click away and connect with you. Thanks again for coming onto the podcast. Thanks, Zoe. It was a pleasure. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Smart Community Podcast. Show notes for this episode and all other episodes are available on our website, mysmart.community. If you have any questions for us or any of our guests, you can email hello at mysmart.community or find us on the socials. We are on LinkedIn, Facebook and Twitter at smartcompod. That's com with two M's. If you are enjoying the podcast, please leave us a rating and review at wherever you listen. This really helps us reach more ears, so thank you in advance. As always, I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed making it. The Smart Community Podcast is what you're looking for. 